Welcome everybody to That Kind of Nerds Podcast, a weekly show where we break down what's going on in the nerdy world. This week is brought to you by Loot Crate. If you don't know what Loot Crate is, it is a monthly mystery box stuffed to the gills of geek and gamer gear. And this is officially licensed products, stuff like Star Wars, Nintendo, Pop Vinyls, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Marvel, DC, just to name some of a few brands that uh, stuff their stuff inside this crate. It's pretty awesome. You can get vastly different subscription bases as to what you're looking for, and every month is a different theme. So you don't know what you're going to get. It's a like getting Christmas every single month, and there's a couple ways that you can actually go ahead and get uh, you know, this product. The first thing is you could get it for yourself by going to thatkindofnerd.com slash loot, and you can sign up for a box there, or you can always gift it to somebody. And I mean, there's nothing better than getting a monthly surprise box full of stuff from a loved one. So if there's a holiday or there's a birthday coming up and you got a nerd in the family, I would definitely go ahead and check out Loot Crate. So go to thatkindofnerd.com slash loot. I know Brian and Josh just got theirs and and uh, what the April box was, was coming through soon. And Brian was very excited to share what he, what he got. Brian, we're going to talk about how Brian totally spoiled it for me. Yeah, I'm did. sorry. Uh, dude, in like the king of all spoilers, right? The, <laughs> like maybe, maybe one of the worst spoilers I've ever experienced. Brian puts in our group chat, like several pictures of loot crate. All like of the days, pictures. Days like, before. Check it out, yo. Days before I got my first loot crate, right? He's, he's up there just spoiling the <laughs> shit out of it, right? So I get, I get my loot crate yesterday shows up i'm like i'm like ecstatic it's all like it's at my my door there a little black box i'm thrilled get inside open it up i already know what's inside it but i sort of ignored those pictures like like i I just deleted them from my mind um and so brian i mean we talked and and i I don't know why i thought the theme was going to be anime but i don't know why either right it turned out to be adventure yeah like quest i think it was which is awesome right so the box itself before I get into anything else, the box itself flips inside out and is a cool little quest box, like a little keepsake, right? Which is kind of dope. And I've already, yeah, 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 yeah. I've already assembled it and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'll put little, I don't know what in it, but it's going to hold something. The t-shirt. Now I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a tiny little man, so I don't have like that. I'm not there. The t-shirts are for Laura to lounge around the house. Cause she's got like. As little brother would say, she's got like decades old Lowe's home improvement free commercial <laughs> commercial sales event t-shirts, right? Right. So this t-shirt, she saw it and went, what is my childhood nightmare doing on my kitchen table? <laughs> because Labyrinth was sort of her. Oh. She was so afraid of it, right? We watched it again when we were, I don't know, 25. And uh, we both went. Why were we ever scared of this? And why are David Bowie's pants so tight? <laughs> the answer to that is David Bowie. I suppose. Um, but Horcrux socks, Brian? Yes, Horcrux socks. That's pretty dope. Zoe got a little pin, a little loot crate pin. Christian got an Uncharted 4 uh, poster. That for was his cool. Room. I was all about that. That was pretty cool. And this Viking horn. I'm sorry, what, what is this? What? It's, it's a Viking horn from the. It's TV an, show an ale horn. Since we're horn. since we're an audio format thing, Brian just started in the middle of Josh speaking, putting on this necklace, and it's no, no, a no, Viking it's horn. A, it's it's a it's a but it's you, huge. It's a drinking like you drink from it. Yeah. Yes. In fact, I can put it's it's the size of a solo cup. It's an ale horn. 
Yes. I don't know if I want to. I should probably wash it first. Yes, you should definitely. No, it's, it. it's made in China. It's all good. Before you, right? Before you get MRSA from drinking, from it, <laughs> uh, you should probably wash that thing. Um, but so I was super excited, and I was not in any way let down. This is already, uh, this has already surpassed my expectations in month one, if only. Because of Horcrux socks. I don't know about you, but I was really excited by the 20-sided die ice cube. I completely forgot to put that. It's in my freezer. I forgot That's to put gigantic. it in the freezer. It looks like something you would put it's in. A tw- like- it's, yeah, well, it's, it's for your booze. It's for your booze. Oh, all right. That's what I figured. It's a 20-sided die ice cube. And it, awesome. like the you can see the numbers on yep. it. Yep. I'm super excited to use this. I have to drink something that requires ice, but I'm so super excited. So all of these things, all of these things, when you when you you know, sort of, you know, mortgage it out over the year that I subscribed on a monthly basis, less than 20 bucks. And I will say this, those ice cube molds, five, six bucks a piece. Those socks are easily 10 bucks. Yeah. Right. That, you know, little collectible ale horn, 15 bucks. So before you even get to the t-shirt and the pin and the poster, You've already made back your investment. Yeah, this is, everything says it's it's about forty five dollars of value inside each box, and I mean, at least really... sometimes more. Like you're sometimes getting like sixty dollars of value out of these stuff, and it's it is fantastic. And even if I get a box that I don't necessarily have, like I don't have a huge love for Labyrinth, um, or I what is Laura, or I'm never going to wear Horcrux socks. Sorry, Josh. What? Never, what? never going to wear I them. them? I, I gave them? them to Melissa. I hate you. She's... Why would you not wear Horcrux socks? No, no, because, that's not. He already nah. because they don't match with anything that I own. And what they they match with anything that's green or purple or gold <laughs> or anything that's got Harry Potter on it. I don't own anything Harry Potter. I, nor do I. But Horcrux socks, except for Horcrux socks. Now you got to step up your sock game, bro. I really do. You need to teach me. And regardless of them uh, helping out that kind of nerd, I, Loot Crate's pretty awesome. And you know what, Brian? What you should do, or Josh, whoever wants to do it next time, is take some pictures of your fancy Loot Crate. I, I and did. Put it on and then I ruined did. everything, He took pictures apparently. and spoiled it. But do it after people have gotten their Loot Crate. We can, we can do a little segment about Loot Crate every, every month. Okay. About, like, right. here's what's going on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, open my next one live on Facebook. Yeah. That'd no, be cool. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I, I could do, do an that. unboxing video next month. Not lying. Hey guys, this is Brian. This is a loot crate for for May of twenty sixteen. I tell you what, I've been more successful on Periscope. Wait, 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 wait. Is that what I sound like? I don't no, sound like that. That's not what you sound like. Oh, okay. that's only what you sound Although, like when you wear all your headgear. Can I hold on? For, and also, hi. It's it's nice to be back. By the way, I really did enjoy nobody the, missed the you, last CJ. episode. Uh, no, as a matter of fact, there was a, a Facebook post. Brian, that says, Brian Roman, who's no, you know, who's one of my largest critics, said this was his favorite that, show yet. That's what he said, and then he said, uh, "Not because CJ was gone, I missed him dearly." But we know, I know, I, I know. took that as because CJ was gone. We know it's because CJ's gone. You know that scene in Deadpool where he's just like, "You're being bad, kill him." It's like it was one of those backhanded comments, like, "Oh, I love that episode, not that because CJ was gone, it totally was." But you know, I'd miss CJ a lot. No, I didn't. I think that maybe the problem that because we the CJ's the moderator, which is why he gets vilified all the time. And I thought Brian did an outstanding job. Maybe we need to maybe we need maybe we need to give CJ uh, thirty days of of messing with you while you moderate. That'd be great. Right? And by the way, I noticed Brian's moderator voice. Did anybody else? 
Yes, yes. I actually Brian got a moderator voice. I and trained, you make fun of me all the time. Trained for that in the mirror. I wanted to have a moderator voice. So <laughs> I, I said the human torch was denied so, a bank so loan let's, a lot. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's get to some actual things to talk about so I can moderate some things. And let's start off with something that can kind of go into a little bit of the topic that I wrote about a, a couple months ago about the uh, cord cutting process with Amazon now making a – we're going to round up to, say, $9 uh, a month Amazon Prime Video subscription service to combat that of Netflix. I just paid $100 for the year. WTF, Amazon. <laughs> well, uh, well so again, I mean, free shipping all the time, though. Yeah, there's, I mean, that's there's pros and cons to both. I will say this. I'm not a big – uh, Amazon shopper. I don't what? buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. I don't. What? I because I everywhere I go to buy something that I would buy on Amazon, price matches Amazon, and I want things now. I don't do want to wait a couple days. Do you buy paper products? We've been over this the last time you did. Take back your time. Yeah, take back I'm, your I'm time, work, CJ. Do I'm you working. buy shampoo? Wait, you don't wash your hair, do you? <laughs> <laughs> do you buy shampoo or conditioner? My wife does. I don't. Do you buy soap? Uh, yes. All of these things. And I I'm agree. assuming you don't have a Sam's Club or Costco membership. I will when they've finished building the yeah, one right late, the late this summer, as will I, Costco is going to be amazing. But until then, right. Amazon. So here's here's the reason why I like this. Are you all right there, Brian? You are. I'm good. I almost died, gone. but I'm good. Um, Brian almost died on his vape. Serves you right, you vaping asshole. Not you, Josh. You're cool when you do it. Um, so let's talk about this. This is why I like this product over Amazon Prime is that I can drop this after I get what I need from it. Uh, this is something that I would actually look about adding to my cord cutting package when things on TV have slowed down, when I've kind of hit some of the, the big stuff on Netflix. And some of the original content on Amazon is actually pretty exciting. Uh, nothing. Uh, what was the movie? Oh, shoot. It was the TV show about like if Japan had won the... Uh, not Japan. If the, the man Germany, in the high castle. It's Thank man you. in the high castle, yeah. If the, the Axis, the Axis of Evil had the won. Axis the Axis Towers. Um, so I think that would be a really cool thing to see Man on the Tower. And Way to spoil the show. Scene. Man in the high it's, castle. It's in the freaking trailer. <laughs> see, uh, that's how you, they you the apparently show. cannot take a week off because now you're even worse at speaking. Uh, that's very true. Uh, but I think this would be cool to add on. What are your thoughts about this, Josh? Because I know you've been rather vocal about just for the love of God, Amazon, get Amazon Prime membership. Do you? Th why make this? Why is this something that they had to do? Well, because obviously Netflix is the owner and supreme chancellor of all things streaming. We know that, and they have been. Look, I've had a Netflix membership since two thousand one, I think. So Netflix is they own that they own all the market, right? Right. Amazon needs to take a chunk of that. They can draw people in like you who aren't necessarily interested in Prime because I like my parents, for instance, who always order from Amazon, but wait until they can order thirty five or fifty five dollars worth of stuff to get the free shipping, whatever it is. So they don't subscribe to Prime. They just wait to order stuff. So this draws people in who may not want to take that eighty to hundred dollar leap and uh, in a related article, Prime Video now has four times the movies. Yeah, uh, that's true. So as uh, according to businessinsider.com, uh, Netflix has now four times fewer movie titles than Amazon Prime Video. Uh, not, not on purpose. Amazon just got four times the amount on purpose. Like Netflix didn't shrink their number of movies. 
Amazon just acquired a bunch of stuff. And what's well, I don't know because if you look at the article here on Business Time, it's also Hulu actually has more movies than Netflix now too. Right. Well, all right. But before we go breaking down the article, like yeah, because I do have some feelings about the article, I wanted to just to mention that it's the reason you would spend the nine dollars is that yes. there there is a ton of a ton of qu- uh, content, quality content on Amazon. I, I still don't think it's all the movies you'd want to see. A lot of this is crap. Right. But it, it you know, well, like we talked about the other, the other week there, we went over a list of movies that are coming to Netflix or, or coming to streaming services uh, this, you know, next month in the month of May. And, you know, there was a lot of really good things on there and the, a couple bad ones too. So it was, it's, it's interesting to see the, the number then, but I'm sorry, go, go ahead. You wanted to jump into the other part of it. You just said oh, you had some issues with the article. I no, I, it's not that I have issues with the article, but I, I don't think they made a very convincing argument. Like the article went to went to state that Amazon Prime Video. Okay, so they listed the titles. They have over twenty thousand titles, which is double what Hulu has, and nearly triple what Netflix has. Netflix has forty five hundred movies and twenty four hundred shows. Amazon only has 1,900 shows. Hulu has all the shows because they have all the network crap. Right, Brian? Right. Yeah. All the stuff you don't necessarily want to watch anyway. Um, However, Netflix has a $5 billion content budget, Mm -hmm. and they're going to spend 5% of that on original movies, one of those which Brian just sent us a trailer for. Uh, which is, uh, you know, a new Happy Ma- Happy Madison's done a couple things that have gone straight to Netflix. Now. Well, they they, have, they just signed uh, like a six movie deal with Netflix, starting with right. Ridiculous so, uh, Six. Like they're they're doing five more movies. Right. Nobody wants to go see Adam Sandler movies in the theater anymore, and Adam Sandler knows this. But everybody will watch that shit on Netflix. So, look, I'm I'm. This article didn't do anything to elevate Amazon for me, except to tell me that they have. You know, 20,000 titles, which is great, but a lot of those I don't want to watch anyway. So let me let me give you some numbers real quick because I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that just for scope before we do that. When it comes to movies, uh, again, according to the time this article was published, Netflix has 4,563, Hulu has 6,656, and then Amazon Prime has 18,405. That, I mean, that's a big gap. But, I mean, just like you said, Josh, when you look at some of the movies that are on Amazon Prime, they're not the ones that you care about. They're not the ones that you watch. They're not the ones that you go, oh, my God, I'm going to ditch Netflix just so I can watch this. I don't think the plan Uh, is for them to have people ditch Netflix. I think the plan is to get the cord cutters that, hey, I mean, maybe some of this stuff isn't on Netflix. I, I haven't looked at the full list yet. And just one more service between that and Netflix and Hulu. I spend 30 bucks a month. I can get pretty much anything I want to watch. And then obviously, like if you want HBO and stuff like that. I mean, all in all, you can spend on all of these services. I mean, you did the math, CJ, a fraction of the cost Mm -hmm. and still get everything that you could possibly want. Yeah, and and when I did the initial cord cutting article, I did make a, a spot for Prime, but I did it at this hundred dollar cost. And then as a streaming service at the time, right uh, for the hundred dollars, it again just it didn't get you a whole lot. This makes a more compelling argument, but again, 
I don't, I wouldn't put this under the cord cutting essentials package for me. I, this isn't something that I think cord cutters have to have. I think that's something ancillary like HBO and and like other services that you would just add on when the content's kind of drying out. Right, which is why I, I'll go back to my original argument, which is Amazon shopping is a cost saving overall and a time saver. So you're better off just spending a hundred bucks on prime. If you like Amazon prime video, it's one Oh eight a year. Anyway, right. You get it and you get all the free shippings all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I agree. I, I'm going to redo part. I'm going to, I'm going to write an article about this a bit, do a little more research as to what movie titles are available for everybody. Uh, it'll be on that kind of nerd.com. So you can take a peek and say, Hey, is this something that I want to add to my core cutting package? I know a few of you have taken my advice and, and done part of it. Uh, with, I know, Josh, I, have, I know Josh I did. Yeah. Oh man. Look, $85 a month I'm saving and I still have direct TV. Can I add something to this too, is that, um, uh, dish network, uh, which is the, uh, the owner and operator of sling TV just got a deal with Viacom to now include things like, um, comedy central, uh, MTV and a couple other, uh, Nickelodeon adults, uh, a couple other channels. Do people uh, still watch those channels? Like comedy yeah. central isn't funny. MTV doesn't have music. And well, there's rumors right now that MTV is going to revamp back to music. Like there's music Please. in some of the crappy reality shows they air all no, the time. No, like they're going to start doing more music centric news and stuff like that too. Kind of like, like Is Kurt Loder going to be there? Probably. You can't get rid of him. You can't get rid of him. But and here's Tabitha Soren and Downtown Julie Brown? They haven't. <laughs> wow. Did you just spell out some like old school deep, VJs, bro? Deep cuts. Right, when MTV was awesome. Uh, yes, when you had to tell people you want your MTV. When it was channel 32. Uh, I don't remember the channel. Oh, my God, it was 32. You're right. Ah! Sorry, I just remember the Reading channel lineup. Whoa. Yep. Um, but listen, it's it's I, I, no one knows what that's going to do to Sling TV's pricing. Right now, cord cutting is getting very interesting. A lot of people are taking notice. Uh, and and it's becoming a new way to it's grab people. Not, so not just taking notice. It's it's going to be people are reacting too. It's 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 in uh, w- without like sort of sensationalizing it. It's absolutely a revolution of sorts. It's going to change the way these providers deliver content, and it's, they're going to have to change their pricing structure because I'll tell you right now, people are happy to pay termination fees to get out of it. I'm I'm really more referring to DirecTV because that's what I have. I don't know about any other provider because I don't have them. Uh, so keep your eye out for our cord cutting articles. I'm going to put some more effort into them, and we'll definitely keep you up to date as to, to what's going on with them as well. So I want to talk about this. This is really cool. I think Josh was the person who turned us on to this app that actually just popped into the App Store. It's called Mighty TV. And uh, Josh, would you just mind explaining to people what the hell this app is? Because it's uh, pretty awesome. It's billed as, you know, Tinder, but for entertainment. So it, you know, it, it puts up a title on the screen and you can swipe left or right, right? Whether you like it or not. I don't know if that's, if I said those things in the right order, but whatever. Or up for, you know, later, right? Like just to ignore it for now. And... The nice thing is uh, a lot of these titles you may not know are available 
on Netflix or wherever. And you can, while you're swiping or while you're viewing a title, you can see where it's available, which is cool. Mighty TV is iOS only for now. Android soon. Sorry, Craig and the three other people that use Android devices. John Yearsley, my apologies. Um, but just my apologies for having to use Android. It's uh, we we are we we just handled this. We handled this topic, uh, you know, two shows ago. Android not so bad. I know. Um, but the app is very slick. No issues, uh, functionality wise. I was very happy with, uh, with with the content that it provided. And as you swipe, it starts to suggest more things based on those, uh, you know, those selections that you've made. But it gives you like if you wanted to watch if it suggested Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is awesome by the way. If you haven't ever seen amazing that, movie, it'll show you that you can watch it on Hulu and Netflix now, <clears throat> or rent it from Amazon or iTunes for two ninety nine uh, each, respectively. So it's it's a it's a cool interface. I would recommend anybody with iOS right now download Mighty TV and you know just get into it for a half hour. So you're going to be pretty surprised at how intuitive it is and how it starts to learn your preferences. So there's one aspect of Mighty TV that I actually really, really like. Whoa. Besides this thing playing random trailers for me when I don't mean it to. All right, cool. It's Tucker and Dale versus Evil, though. Is that what that was? <laughs> That's what's uh, on the page. There's one thing I really like about Mighty TV that uh, is actually pretty cool is that there's actually another social aspect to this, too, that as you – because you log in with Facebook – uh, or an email, but Facebook, come on, like it's, you're in America. Uh, you can choose friends and you can kind of see some mashups. So um, based off of what you guys have actually gone through with it, there's recommendations with my selections as well. You liked Charlotte's uh, Web? I do like Charlotte's Wait, Web. Wait, who and that's, doesn't like Charlotte's Web? The live Brian. action one or the animated one? Because he liked that, the live dude, action. That's, that's some the pig. No, see the... this is the live action one. Not the no, animated, the, the one from like 1950. Right, yeah, the look. 1950 animated oh, one is where one. it's at. I don't know why you're liking this live action one. Listen, doesn't, and that's the other thing too. You can see what people have liked, what people disliked, uh, and you can also love things too. You can judge them silently based on their movie choices. Yes, actually, yes. and here's the thing that I like about the when you love something, it the first time, Mighty TV goes, "Whoa, you're saying this is one of your all time favorites." So I was. I went to go, you know, say love about, I don't remember what it was. I went love and it said, whoa, you're saying this is one of your all time faves. And I went, you're right. It's not like, and I went, I went, you know what app? You're smart enough to correct me for making this horrible mistake that may, f that may shape future recommendations. Uh, I'm pretty, didn't know. Uh, thank you. I've, Mighty been, TV. I've been pretty conservative with the, the loves uh for it but like when scrubs came on i was like can i do this more than once how can i love right, this right, forever? right like that and like you know tarantino flicks things like that uh, uh, who framed roger rabbit uh, no Bueller. false no what who framed come on i love who framed roger i rabbit. do love who framed roger rabbit sorry josh it's it's great but what's really cool about this is that you uh, loved you know, girl meets world you I love, love you love that show all time I do. Favorite. I love that show. I'm so judging you right now. I have now. cried at that show. Are you happy? Oh, CJ. <sighs> All about the Boy Meets World characters. Uh, and thank you for not silently judging me. I appreciate it. It's about that. the girl meeting the world. Yes, and when the people from Boy Meets World come back, I get I get wishy-washy. Come back? They're her parents. They are not there? No, other people. They are, are horrible parents. Let's move on. 
Uh, it's a pretty awesome app. Definitely check it out. Uh, if you're Facebook friends with me, and if you're not, just add me. I'll probably say yes. Uh, yeah, he does no to, research. To, to pair some things up and see what you, uh, the, that kind of nerd audience, likes. Um, again, they're no way affiliated with us, but it's awesome. What's also cool, too, is that you can add these things to your watch list, as Josh kind of said. So if you said, oh, I should really tr- see this movie after watching the trailer, you can add it to a watch list. And then since you select when you open the app uh, what services are installed on your phone, so my HBO Go, my Netflix, uh, stuff like that, it pulls it right away. So it kind of helps you with with finding out where the content is. So check CJ's, it out. CJ's pretty Facebook promiscuous, though. So I am. I am. Brian, you also had a little mixed reactions to this app yeah. when we initially talked about it. Did you just warm up to it or you just... Oh, I'm just playing with it right now and uh, judging you. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I have to see what it starts recommending me. Because right now I'm looking at Mako Mermaids and I'm like, why the hell am I looking at Mako Mermaids? Is that how you even pronounce it? So I don't know. I, I don't know. You only liked the 1989 Batman. You don't love that movie. That's not one no. of your all time. No, I like it. I, I don't love it. <sighs> I I I was I'm very concerned with my my loves. Now, of course, you liked Fear the Walking Dead. Dislike anyway. Continue, uh, CJ. So anyway, go check it out and connect with us. Uh, you can also get us on Twitter if, if case you want to suggest some other things for us to check out for it. Again, Android coming soon. Uh, Mighty TV on the iOS App Store. Check it out. It's 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 pretty darn awesome. I'm pretty excited. So another thing that uh, Josh found uh, online was this wonderful survey about do you suffer from iPhone addiction? Uh, which for me should just say a phone addiction because uh, nothing in here is iOS-centric. Um, and it really kind of addresses some of the the concerns that even I've had when I kind of go out in public. So, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this, you know, kind of questionnaire and why it's kind of important for us to maybe talk about it a bit. Uh, well, I mean, it just, it asks a few, I don't know how many questions. It asks nine, it asks 20, 20 questions. And it wants you to rate one to seven, one being strongly disagree, ten, uh, seven being strongly agree. And you know, based on my history with surveys of this nature, I generally only do the extremes one or seven. I I very rarely in the middle. Now they say based on this score, 19 to 40, you're fine. 40 to a hundred. It wouldn't hurt you to cut back a little, try an iPhone free day once a week. If you can 100 to 133, 133 being the top score. Go on a phone detox ASAP. Um, I scored a 38. There are very few of these questions that I could answer a 7 to. I would feel uncomfortable without constant, constant access to information through my smartphone. One, uh, because I can get information anywhere. And when I, when I think about this, I think about the people, you know, you're out with a bunch of friends at a bar and this dude can't get off his phone, right? Can't look at anybody, can't interact, can't socialize. These are the people that probably need to take a break. I would be annoyed if I couldn't look up information on my phone when I wanted to. Yeah, I strongly agree with that. You know why? Because my goddamn phone, I want to, when I want to look something up, I want to look something up, right. right? So that kind of stuff. Yes, Absolutely. Being unable to get the news, I don't care. I don't ever want to see news. Like, if I can avoid news in general or knowledge of anything that's happening in the world, I will. Because if it's important enough, it'll show up on SportsCenter. Because if it's important enough, right, 
it'll show up on Sports Center. But so this kind of stuff, running out of battery on my smartphone would scare me. I think it's important when you're answering these kind of questions to actually read the question. Would that scare either of yeah, you? Yeah, no. And, and that's the not. thing. That some of these are very, like, heavy-handed, uh, you know, like, questions. They, they, they kind of have these, like, doomsday things. I feel if like I were to run out better. of credits or hit my monthly data limit, I would panic. I wouldn't panic. You know why? An extra Wi-Fi. gig is $15. And I have I'm money. fine. <laughs> right? I, I'll, right? I'll get on the Weefies. It'll It'll be okay. But I just, you know, I, I would be afraid of getting stranded. No. I, and I, I kind of think that you have to, a lot of these questions maybe also could be addressed to some folks that may have some larger issues happening. Yeah. Like um, there was, if I could not check my smartphone for a while, I would feel the desire to check it. And I'm like, that's like the vaguest fucking thing ever. Like, I mean, I would feel the desire, but like how strong is the desire? Like, I, like. Help me word that question out a bit. Yeah. So I'm I, Brian. Did you take the quiz? I have not. Um, I'm guessing I would score pretty low though, because I barely look at my phone as is. I don't I even have know. A feeling I'd be in the mid range. I don't even I, know how honest. to social media. So that's very true. So I, I barely use my phone for anything but text messaging and looking up right. random crap. Right, right, right. So and and you're not that guy who's on his phone nonstop when you're in a group setting anyway. Yeah, I, so, I try to be social. Right. It's very and awkward I, for think... everybody involved, but I try. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> well, the thing that I, hey, did you guys see that big sports thing happen? No, oh, that's oh man, with that sports thing, would they scored the basket unit? They 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 scored that goal unit basket. Everybody was really oh. excited. There's actually quite a few big sports things happening. When so. they were in the stadium park, <laughs> I was very thrilled. Uh, I'm like, I'm I'm actually right before. We started recording tonight. There was a big sports thing. Oh, did someone did someone uh, score a, a, a field run? Uh, a, a, <laughs> yes, a they touch scored goal? a field run. A touch <laughs> goal. Yeah, but that's but that's the thing. Like I'm I'm on here talking to you guys, and my iMessage is blowing up right now, and my Facebook is blowing up about this big sports thing that happened, which I won't mention because I don't want to get into it, but. There are big sports things. Now, I'll say this. During football season, if I can't get updates, I am not a happy camper. Now, I don't, I'm not going to panic and I'm not going to freak out. But if I'm someplace where I can't see the game, watch the game, and I can't be connected to the scores, I'm not happy. So, you know. I'll say that, but they didn't ask that question, so I couldn't answer. I, I had a moment when I was on vacation where my wife and I, we went to go uh, out of the hotel, run a quick errand, uh, and we we both, for some unknown reason, vacation-brained and left our phones in the room while we went out and ran our errands. And we went separate ways for a little bit. And then there was at one point where I was like, oh, I want to know if Jenny can just pick something up. And I realized, like, oh, shit, I don't, I don't have my phone. And then she was in the store and she was like, oh, I should probably go get this procedure. Let me see if he wants it. And she realized that she didn't have her phone. And we both kind of had this moment of like, how did we do this before? Like, how did like, how do we how do we do this? What's the step? And then we got back together. We're just like, did you forget your phone? Because I and then we realized at the same time that we forgot this. And it's this weird moment where I realized how important it is just for general, like quick messaging things on here. But at the end of the day, we survive, people. We didn't blow up. Nothing bad happened. So if you can put down your screens once in a while, 
especially in a social situation, uh, I think it really helps you. The only time that you should really always have your phone in your hand is when the Dak and the Nerd podcast is out on your, on, on your phone. You should be listening to the whole damn thing, checking out these articles and checking out the cool stuff that we do. But other than that, on the off days, put the goddamn phone down. I, I, do, think, I do think it's a bit of an issue. I mean, when, when you go... No, it really is. When you go out to dinner, right, and just, just stop and look around you... And how many people are sitting together, but they're completely isolated by their devices? Mm-hmm. It's very strange. And and I'm I'm pretty connected. I mean, everything I do, I can do from my phone, from an iPad, from my MacBook, whatever. I'm pretty connected. But there's a social aspect to life that if you miss those connections and you're solely reliant on that device, there's probably a problem. It's like, I, I, I want to be with you, but not really be with you. Like <laughs> I was talking to your table, Todd, like, but not, 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 not your, your chair. chair. Not, not not your, your chair. chair. Okay. So uh, as Josh actually mentioned before, uh, we had a, a couple trailers actually drop. One of them was for uh, this new Netflix movie that's being done by Happy Madison starring Adam Sandler and David Spade called The Do-Over. Um, I actually... Just posted this trailer to you guys literally moments before coming on here. Did you guys either of you get a chance to watch it? I yep. did. It, and you know what? It I looks funny. It. Um, I mean, I, it's nice to see David Spade doing some some more stuff. I I know he had that TV show for a long time. Um, but yeah, David Spade playing this this guy who seems a little bit down on his life. You know, where did I go wrong? I, I didn't accomplish anything that I wanted to when I was in high school. Uh, goes to his high school reunion, meets up with an old buddy of his played by Adam Sandler, and Adam Sandler uh, kind of throws a wrench in his entire life and decides that he's going to fake their deaths so that they can get that do-over that Davis Spade always wanted. Um, <laughs> I th- so again, stupid, I love it. I actually still enjoy Adam Sandler. Everybody gives him a hard time. I, I actually did not hate Pixels, believe it or not. Um, I'm on board for this. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, what did, what did you guys think of it? I'm on board with Josh's statement earlier that uh, most people don't want to go see Adam Sandler in the movie theater. Uh, they don't want to slap down that much money to go ahead and watch it. But I am telling you, I will watch this. It's what May 27th. This comes out. This comes out on May 27th. Uh, drops on Netflix. I will watch it the day it comes out. I showed it with Jenny, and we both laughed a lot just from the trailer, and it looks really good. Um, I think Netflix took a gamble on Adam Sandler for the first you know time, and and the first movie didn't ridiculous have any six to did me. not really do a whole whole lot. It didn't do well either. Uh, and uh, this actually looks really great. So good job, Netflix. I'm I'm on for this. I'm hoping that Adam Sandler is a figment of David Spade's imagination. <laughs> I, no, I really am. You just want to Fight I'm, Club it. I'm I'm praying that he's having a complete psychotic break. <laughs> and and this whole at like at the end, this whole movie, all of the comedy is just this guy is completely crazy. Isn't that almost the plot to click? No. Almost. No. I mean, if you really think about it. Don't start ripping on Click. That's a great movie. I love Click. Click, was, Click is great. Click was solid. Um, and that's the, that's the thing Who about Adam Sandler. didn't cry at Click, too? Listen, listen, I think Adam Sandler, I mean, as a, as a movie maker in general, has matured a little bit in his comedy. And I feel like people who are knocking him uh, are still expecting Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. And that's just not what he does anymore. I mean, I, I think he's a little bit smarter about the way he does movies. And I, I, some of them, they're great. Good. Some of them, not so good. 
I think this one's going to be great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in other movie news, we had uh, two two pretty awesomely sized trailers uh, drop as well, um, to which I had to explain to CJ what this was. The remake to The Magnificent Seven dropped a trailer this week because uh, CJ is MK Ultra, does not know what Magnificent Seven is. I know I'm not the only one out there. <laughs> Mm. I know I'm not. I know you, I'm you not. You may not be the only MK Ultra agent who doesn't know, but probably my, the only my wife American didn't know. Would, would listen? You call, probably would you the call only Jenny American who's never heard of it. This story has been done and redone and redone all over the time. I mean, I believe it was. Uh, help me out here, Josh. 1960s movie. 1960. 1960. 1960. Steve McQueen, yeah. Uh, Steve McQueen. It was an old Western film. Yul Brynner. Um, and this movie is redoing it. Very similar story about a town that's being uh, terrorized by these these gangsters in, in the Old West. And they enlist pretty much a, a bounty hunter almost to help them run these guys out of town and he he enlists six other guys being magnificent didn't they together. just do this in league of legends what? or uh, dc legends of tomorrow i'm sorry wasn't that yeah, like uh, one of the premises of one of the latest episodes sure i mean but again this I story has been the told and retold this, you're right i mean here's here's so, the thing i it, had about this trailer was uh, chris pratt's in it um uh denzel, denzel washington, washington. And then every other person was cut way too quickly, way too fast. I couldn't see any fucking faces. All right, well, I'm going to help you out here. Ethan Hawke, Vincent okay. D'Onofrio, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Kingpin. Um, Peter Sarsgaard plays the villain. Uh, Byung-Hung Lee, uh, he, he's been in a couple uh, martial arts movies that I, is drawing. I am drawing a blank. I'm sorry right now, uh, is one of the seven. And... The female lead is Haley Bennett, who is going to be in this Girl on the Train movie. I mean, listen, th- this looks solid. It's been a long time since we Young had a... Lee is Storm Shadow, bro. Thank you, Storm Shadow. Thank you very much. Um, but it's been a long time since we had a, a good Western movie. I mean, during the 90s, they were everywhere in the days of Clint Eastwood. And mm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say you might have completely missed The Hateful Eight. If I, you're saying it's been but, but, it's been a while since we've had a great western. Besides, uh, okay, let's say Hateful Eight definitely. But before Hateful Eight, what was the last western you could think of? True, True Grit. Um, the Coen Brothers movie. The Coen that Brothers was True a Grit. Really good one that was remade of a John Wayne movie. I actually yes. didn't watch it. I, I'm I'm too too much of a fan of the John Wayne version. Sorry. And I also hate the Coen brothers. You hate the Coen brothers. That's really it. It's it's not the, <laughs> oh, I have such a love for John Wayne. No, you hate the Coen brothers. I mean, I do. Me and my dad used to watch <laughs> old John Wayne movies all the time. No, you, the reason you didn't see that movie has nothing to do with the sentimental things between that. It's you hate the Coen brothers. And I, and I, I don't think it's right for you to lie to the listeners like that. I'm not lying. It's a mixture of the two emotions. I can't have mixed emotions. Everything's black and white. CJ. Do you do you still watch it in your grand palatial estate? Uh, what when was the last time you watched the original John Wayne? It's been a long time because I don't own it. My dad owned it. If you were watching it, would both cats watch it, or would only one, or maybe none? None, because they both making hate me. making the cat to male ratio watching the movie non-existent. I- exactly. Yes. 
Um, that would make the cat to male ratio rather low when when that occurs. Is that well, correct? it's rather low all the time. But if you know, I mean, we're talking about if he's if they're not watching the Western, and then I'll you know, I mean, really anything. So the the last few Tarantino flicks have been in that style. Kill Bill was in that style, and you got to remember that a lot of westerns are really either modeled after or or really stories taken from uh, Asian movie kung fu movies, right? Samurai movies. Yeah. Um, but we've had Django, right? Obviously, I, I said the Hateful Eight, which is which is a big one. Um, and I don't I don't think I don't think we're the 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 genre is is lost. I think that No Country for Old Men, in a lot of ways, was a western. Yeah, no, I agreed, and an amazing one. Uh, there was that you guys just talked about somebody in her gun. Uh, what's the Jane the, Jane get her gun? Jane, Jane got, got a gun. gun or, I, I'm not, I didn't, I'm not fan, I didn't but, see it, but yes, it did, it does indeed exist somewhere. Right, so they're out there. They're it's out not there. a genre that's I mean, lost. I don't think it's lost, but I, I think that, I mean, it's, they're few and far between anymore. It, it, it's, it's like well, maybe once a year or maybe two a year you get. Bottom line, this looks great. It's a great way to maybe, if this genre needs a boost, <clears throat> to go ahead and, and to get it. It looks fantastic. The cast is so strong. I mean, Chris Pratt, my wife, was on board a minute ago, so it's fine. I forgot about Bone Tomahawk, which is supposed to be awesome. So I think it looks great. The trailer's on on that kind of nerd. Let's move on to the, the next trailer because I'm really excited about this one. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Jason Bourne finally released its official trailer this week. Thank God. Uh, as we know, starring Matt Damon. Uh, and uh, and cast of friends, Julia Stiles returns, which I was uh, pretty back ex- again somehow, getting a paycheck from the Bourne series. Pretty excited to see her back, and uh, we're adding Tommy Lee Jones to the cast. Um, huge fan of the Bourne series. I'm extremely excited. Uh, I, I think it's going to be amazing. Now that he's remembering everything, to see how the story unfolds. Um, J- uh, CJ, you're really excited to see this. So you you, you talk to me. I I thought what was really f- What's really funny is that you didn't have to put out this trailer at all. You just put out a little thing that says, Matt Damon is Jason Bourne again. And that's it. And just leave it at, at that. And you've already sold all your tickets and the pre-sale is crazy and it's phenomenal. But then when you start adding some of these big names and some really awesome action scenes, even just from the, the trailer, uh, I'm so excited. There's this scene where he's out in the like the middle of a desert fight pit. And uh, one it, punch, one, one punch. punch just knocked this dude out. This huge dude was like, "Yeah, fuck right, Jason Bourne." Um, this movie looks phenomenal. Uh, I, I mean, boatloads of money coming its way. Matt Damon being awesome, Matt Damon. Josh, what did you think? When you consider the first, when you consider the Bourne identity, and and really face value for what it was, it was you know very much told in that you know, European spy Ronin style, you know, and, and I say Ronin because that's one of the more popular European type spy flicks I can think of. Not, not, not a mission impossible, not a lot of planning, a lot in the moment. And, and the, the storyline for Jason Bourne has gotten better and better and better with each movie. Mm -hmm. These are, this the the original three movies. Uh, I I these movies I've watched on purpose, hundreds of times, and and will continue to do so. I can quote most of them. I'm super excited for this one. I don't care who else is in it. 
if you say Jason Bourne, you need to just shut up and take my money. <laughs> Do you think there's hope ever for a crossover with? Yeah, yeah, Renner. Why not? You think this it's was? The next well, we one? just I thought we talked about this before. Like you have these three movies, and then you have the segue in. Oh, you know what? He wasn't the only guy. There's bound to be another compelling story. Jeremy Renner can't fail. Just can't lose. I don't right. care what anyone says about. Uh, what was that? What was no, that? I read Born a, Legacy. There's a, yeah. Born Legacy. I, I don't it. care what anybody says about I it. it. I loved that movie, and I didn't. I didn't think Rachel Weisz even needed to be there for me to love that movie. I loved it, and she's there, and that's great. But Jason Bourne back, Matt Damon back. No reason he can't discover a file. I mean, it seems like he's you know really getting to the bottom of things just based on the trailer. So what if he does discover names of other folks? And what if he does link up with Jeremy Renner at some point? Nothing says that they can't try to take down the establishment. And, and, and another far less popular movie, um, but another, in that same vein, Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Wahlberg's. that was a great I'll, movie. I like I'll watch movie anything with Mark Wahlberg. That's, that's well documented. But Shooter, I loved. And I thought... Oh, speaking of which... Going back to Magnificent Seven, the guy who directed Shooter and Training Day directed that movie too. That's a tr- yeah, Antoine Fuqua. Yes, right. Yes. yes. So this this is uh, you know no surprise. It's a it's going to be a blockbuster. It's going to be awesome. Much agreed. Oh, go good. I, thank you for that. <laughs> I know you. I know you die for my approval, don't you? I don't look. I'll say about the Magnificent Seven. I think you have to be incredibly careful when remaking a classic like this that it really just i mean that that cast of characters between yule brenner and, and steve mcqueen and, and charlie bronson uh, james coburn was in that movie it, uh, i don't know man there's big it, shoes to fill but look at the shoes they've got to do yeah it. i think they're if, fine i think being denzel and chris pratt I, I mean i think they got two of those shoes filled already i mean I don't know about Ethan Hawke. I like Ethan Hawke, no matter. I like Ethan Hawke as well. I'm just not sure, you know, what what role he played. We shall see. I'm excited for all all three of those movies. Um, But I don't know what topic CJ wants to talk about next. I don't know how to segue. I actually want to talk about uh, a listener call. Oh, before we get to the call. Yeah, um, I I do have a statement that needs to be read uh, from Melissa, who, who personally reached out to me and said, she needs this statement read, so uh, hang on one second. Um, so number one, uh, this is in mostly in regards to last week's episode, CJ. Sorry, but Josh, Josh, no, okay. you can comment. Uh, number one, uh, I hate people at midnight showings. We can go to Becky's because I'm the only one who cares about this movie. Uh, number two, no Chinese food in my purse. But if we're at Becky's, the world is your oyster. Bring a cooler of food <laughs> for all I care. Number three, if it's not Becky's, it's Stimulus Tuesday and still no Chinese food in my purse or a butter bullet. So I was asked to make sure that that was well documented and known that I'm not allowed to smuggle anything in Melissa's purse. <laughs> what about Paul's purse? His purse? To... <laughs> um, I I mean I'd have to talk to Paul about getting getting something in in his purse. His purse might be pretty full though. I'm not sure. Be good. All right. So anything else anyone had to add for for last week's? Uh... Nope. Nope. We got a listener, a a call, a voicemail. 
so I want to take a minute and I want to uh, play a listener call from uh, the fantastic uh, Papa Thornton, uh, who Daddy! Uh, <laughs> that was weird. I know, sorry. Who had some thoughts about uh, our discussion about? I'm sorry, Batman. Dad. That was weird. I've never called him Daddy. He's my <laughs> Facebook friend. Uh, I, you know what? He uh, invited me note, to, to go stop by and say hi to him when I was down in Florida, but I have a feeling look, looking at this voicemail, uh, the offer is CJ, my dad is never, would never rescind that invitation. My dad's a, a very loving individual. Magnanimous. True, true. And so he, he disagrees with you. I know this much because I have a lot of text messages. And, and, and I'll be honest, I usually listen to these ahead of time. I have been so swamped with work and everything. I haven't listened to it. So we're doing it live. Here we go. Yes, greetings, TCON nerds. <laughs> this is the Grandmaster Sensei of the Thornton clan, <laughs> nerd clan, calling. I love this already. I just wanted to call in because I just now, today, on this day, Thursday, got caught up with about four or five weeks of TCON podcasts and had to call you to tell you even though you're always calling yourselves idiots, in this case and in the case of Batman v. Superman, you truly are idiots. <laughs> Josh, notwithstanding, but my son has missed the mark. And CJ, you are out of your mind. Okay? <laughs> Let me give you a defense of the movie that I saw. I thought it was great. I thought it was very enjoyable. I thought the storyline was well thought out and plotted, and here's some of the things that you said that drove me nuts. There were so many things that you said that made me crazy that I can't cover them all, but let me just hit on a couple of the things that you said. One of the first things you were keying on was the fact that Superman's x-ray vision never comes into play, and that he's never used his x-ray vision, so you don't even know from the movies if he does have x-ray vision. Well, that is not true. In the Man of Steel, his yep. first manifestation of his powers on yep. Earth was at school having x-ray vision. He starts seeing people in skeletons and all. Go back and watch it. You guys need to educate yourself before you talk. That's first of all. The second thing you got off on was this fact that, you know, Batman doesn't kill and, um, you know, he doesn't use weapons like that. And uh, you're so wrong. Again, you need to go back and read The Dark Knight Returns because while they may not show him actually killing people, you got to remember those books were written in the 80s, so it is kind of intimated through the violence and the inherent violence of that book. So you can't say that he doesn't kill or he doesn't, you know, he, he's not fitting the character just because in this movie he drives his Batmobile through some bad guy cars and stuff like that. Okay, third thing, and, and this is kind of important, is you really hammered the fact, two things. The first thing you really hammered was that the Batman backstory didn't need to be played again. And the other thing was the use of the name Martha at the end of the movie and why that had to be so key. Well, gentlemen, it's called a plot device. CJ, you were a theater major. You should know this. Nah. If they... <laughs> okay, T-Con nerds, your machine cut me off. So here's the rest of my, my defense of Batman versus Superman. 
the use of the name Martha and the fact that they had to use the Batman backstory again is a plot device. The only reason for sharing Batman's backstory in that movie, and yes, everyone knows what Batman's backstory is, the sole reason was to use the name Martha so that as Bruce Wayne's father is dying, he utters his mother's name, which is not done in any of the other depictions of the backstory. The sole reason was to do that so that at the end of the movie, when Batman is on the verge of being just killing Superman, just filled with anger and vengeance and killing Superman, he doesn't because he makes that emotional connection to the name because Superman's mother has the same name. Now, you might think it's silly or stupid or a waste or not well-developed enough, but it is a good device, okay? So that's um, just a few of the things that made me crazy. The movie was great. I enjoyed it. It is the perfect amalgam of both the Death of Superman comic books and the Return of the Dark Knight mashed together. Well done. You guys are always screaming about source material. This was very true to the source material. And, CJ, I made a passionate, reasoned, logical defense of my point, and I didn't drop the F-bomb once. Dude, <laughs> I thought I was watching Goodfellas when I listened to that episode. I mean, I it was like saving Private Ryan. I had to break it up into three listens just because every other word was the F-bomb, and it was beginning to give me the shakes. So. Anyhow, that's all from, as Joshua says, Papa Thornton. Until next time, be a nerd. Hey, yes, CJ. <laughs> you do not need to use the F-bomb so much. It doesn't matter what adjective you use. You're still wrong, CJ. So let me, let me, because I, I wasn't on that episode on purpose, and ha- and haven't listened to that episode on purpose. Um, I don't, I can't speak to the number of F bombs. Oh, it was a lot. I, I can, I can say that for the most part, I think uh, in most episodes we show a bit of restraint, although there, you know, generally is one or two. Um, what I will say about that message that we have just received is that, it's actually restored some faith uh, for me and makes me want to go see. I was so, I was so turned off by uh, CJ's just overall uh, defecation all over what this movie was leading up to, and then and then after seeing it, that I just said, you know what? It's it's actually it's actually ruined my anticipation, ruined my my childlike, you know, desire to see this movie. So I, I still haven't seen it. it we're, we're April 22nd at this point. This movie came out March 26th. Is that right? March 23rd. It's been a month. Yeah. 23rd. Yeah. So I, I still haven't seen it. This message, Brian, from your father has reinvigorated me. And I now want to go see the movie because I feel like there's some hope and that, you know, CJ may, after all, be a complete idiot. Um, I, I'm really glad to hear you say that. Uh, I, I think it would be amazing to get my father and you in a room. But um, so he, he mentioned that he could not men- uh, he did not make all of his points because he texted them all to me. 
So <laughs> I want to respond first, but I want to read some of the stuff that I received while I was working. Do you, do you mind if I just address the F-bomb thing real quick? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so uh, oh. listen, absolutely 100% right, and you, you do have my apologies to it. And Josh is right. We usually are pretty tame with that. That episode, uh, I had just seen the movie just uh, so recently, uh, and I'm still hurt by that movie. So you have my almost apologies for the use of the F-bomb over usage. I will uh, tone it down for the rhetoric. So thank you for the call out on that. Go ahead, Brian. Let's read some of those uh, okay. those comments. Um, So let me see here. I got to scroll back up here. Uh, you were complaining. Uh, this is my father speaking now. <clears throat> you were complaining that they caught Lex Luthor right away. That was me, actually. And that would never happen in the comics because he's too smart. But in fact, it did happen in the comics and he was sent to prison in the comics. Now you might say there was a, after a lot of years. Yes, it was. But how come you have a problem with how quickly they bring Lex down in the movie, but no problem with how quickly Daredevil nails Kingpin to the wall and sends him to prison in season one. You can't be a hypocrite. It took years in the comics for Kingpin to go to prison. Uh, that Okay, I'm going to address all of this after I'm done reading it. Um, <laughs> okay, good. I also apparently made the point that they were both had what – oh, this was more CJ's point – uh, had what the uh, thought were pointless dreams where in fact the dreams spike directly to both their motivations and their paranoia helped in, in in developing as a plot device to develop the story and lastly oh wait there's no there's not lastly because he follows it up with something else uh you all complain that in the final scene Bruce seems to claim some long-term relationship that wasn't there by saying he failed him in life but wouldn't fail him in death it was simply showing that he had misjudged him badly and regretted doing so. He was making amends in his own mind and giving motivation to creating the Justice League. Oh, yeah. And lastly, the final scene the, that intimates or intimates or hints at the fact that the story isn't over for Superman doesn't ruin anything. It is meant to give hope to those who are not true believers who don't know the Superman storyline much in the same way as they do in the final scene of The Wrath of Khan, which gives you hope of, of those watching that Spock's story is not over. Um, so... I believe those are all the points that he said. Yeah, those were all the points he, he had for me uh, on Batman v Superman. So I'm going to respond to my father real quick. Um, Dad, I kind of agree with you. I, I kind of don't. I, I still feel like there was some issues with the story. I definitely probably went in there with the wrong mindset. And honestly, you made me want to see the movie again just to see if I, I missed something. Um I still think Lex Luthor's story was not developed well enough and him as a character was a little bit of a letdown. And maybe that was probably my only biggest disappointment because the entire story did revolve around his, his plan, whatever that plan was. Um, but I mean, he does make a good point as far as some of the, the, the points that I had made about Lex Luthor being caught too quickly, which <clears throat> I, I, I feel like I made that point just because I do miss the scene that is pretty, uh, you know, substantial in comic books and in the cartoon, especially of Superman knowing that Lex Luthor's behind it, but not being able to do anything about it. I so, think our major, our major pain point, though, with the Lex Luthor arc wasn't the fact that he got caught too quickly or the motivation, whatever. It was the fact that he had this untold knowledge that they can't explain that makes no sense of how he knew who Batman was, who Superman was, with yeah, no effort. That, that definitely, Just boom, he knew it all. I, I think it all comes down to the fact that I, I feel like the movie could have been edited better, and maybe the rated R moot cut is going to answer oh, some God. of those questions. I don't know. Um, but just, you know, 
I, I, I wouldn't say this was the worst superhero movie. And even when I first saw it, I, I didn't think it was the most awful thing. I just felt it could have been better. Um, so, so when you guys started talking, Brian, when you started, when you started talking about uh, the final scenes, I actually took my headphones off and I'm like holding them sorry, up Josh. here so that, I, no, it's okay. I didn't, I didn't hear any of okay, it. Okay, good. Um, I did hear the part about Lex Luthor and I, I mean, I'm a little hazy because I haven't seen it in a very long time. But if I remember correctly, he got locked up in Superman 1 and was broken out in part 2. He did, yes. You're right. So this sounds like uh, it may be pretty much exactly the same type scenario. (laughs) And and, um, it doesn't sound to me like the character development uh, for for any of these folks was, was shallow and that it's all building to something greater. So I'm like at this point again, and this is all based on what your father has said. Look, it's been, it's been a month and every, every day that I find myself having some free time, you know, between meetings, I think to myself, I could take a long lunch and watch this movie. And then I a long, long lunch. It's it's a pretty long movie. And then I don't. But I mean, look, look, let's say I have a meeting at 9 a.m. that lasts two hours and then I don't have another one until three o'clock. I mean, I got time. Yeah. So. But I, I, I haven't seen it because every time I go to pull the trigger, I just go, everybody shit on it. I don't want to see this movie. So I, I uh, do you mind? I, I want to throw a couple of things into this and, and some of the stuff your dad said. So uh, points to Papa Thornton for X-ray vision. Yep. Ding. You got it. Uh, I, I want to point out that. that that was not my my doing. It, CJ it, said that stuff. It was a. I think we brought it up in regards to when it was a it was a hatred spear. filled a hatred filled don't, rant. Don't, no, don't, no, don't, don't a, spoil a anything. Josh hasn't seen the movie. No, a listener brought in the fact that how did Superman see something, and I think we said X ray vision and brushed it off. But you're right, absolutely points. Okay, so the Martha the Martha plot device thing, I absolutely agree. I, I see the functionality of it being a plot device to really make the importance of her name mean something. What I, it's I said, been a meme. It's been a meme for years. Yeah, like it's but, not even like a, a like a. It's not like it's not a known thing, right? Well, again, for the for the non true believers, it isn't. No, no one else knows Batman's parents' names. They they just they just don't. Uh, what? Most people honestly don't. They don't know their names. They just uh, know that they were killed in an alley. Remember the homeless man that you pull off the street only knows they were killed in an alley. So uh, yes, Martha's a plot device. Again, we need that information to 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 have something, and we should do it. I don't think doing it in the same freaking scene we see every single time is important. I suggested an idea through flashbacks of happy moments, making her name have joy and life and have something to conquer darkness with. And I think that's a better idea. Batman doesn't have joy. Maybe not joy is the wrong word, but it's it's definitely the wrong word. Yeah. He needs to have something that can take away rage. He's fueled by rage to kill Superman, and the only way to do that, I think, is through happier moments instead of just dying in the alley. My opinion, whatever, so it so it is. But it sounds to me, having not seen the movie, that in that moment he connected emotionally. Right, and what I'm saying is, instead of seeing the same thing played out, do it differently. Still do Why? the dying because it's you, when Why you watch. Why do it differently? Hold, These yeah, are Josh, characters that seen... we all know. I don't, but I don't need to see the movie to know Batman I'm or to know s- Superman, do it's, I? It's so it's it's not necessary. I'm telling you, I'd be a great, brave film director and do something different with still keeping your core elements. 
But if you're going to just look at it as how can we use this as a plot device, I just said try a different way because we've all seen it before. So the other thing, too, is that uh, you brought up that uh, the, the name Martha has to take Batman out of the sight of rage uh, to almost killing Superman. And yet, to me, the fact that he was enraged about to kill somebody didn't mean anything because he's killed so many people that I'm just like, okay, Batman wants to kill another person. Big whoop. It happens to be Superman this time. I, I, there were, the stakes I weren't wanna, that, that high I, at that moment. I want to scream. I want to scream. That's okay. Well, watch you. the movie and then scream. No, no, no. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need to watch the movie to disagree with what you're saying. Forget the movie for a second. This is the shit that drives me crazy is that you view things through a lens that is so experienced. And, and that is not the audience, CJ, that these movies are intended for. Right. You need the name because they don't know. Yes. So we do the know. name in a better way. Mm, do it in no, a better way. No, 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 no. Wait, this just, just... is overplayed. And then, and then that, that, that Batman is going to kill someone. Big whoop. He's killed so many people. I, look, I'll draw your attention to any number of storylines, the killing joke probably being chief among them, that he is so averse to kill. I mean, just the, I could go back to Christopher Nolan's Batman and the, and the Joker. He is so averse to killing on purpose. Yes, he uses weapons. The Tumblr was outfitted with all kinds of crap. So we've seen Batman use weapons in, in, in the recent past. But right. your point that it's a oh, big whoop Batman's going to kill somebody. It is a big deal for him. And, not in and that wh- movie. It's not. That's what I'm saying. And to, it may, to- it may not be in that context, CJ, but the Batman character, everything we've seen leading up to this, it is a big deal. You also have to keep in mind that Batman has been Batman for 20 years in this movie. And who knows? I mean, Maybe he's only been at this like point where he, you know, screw it. Uh, I'll drive a car into, you know, the bad guy's car for the past year or something like it, it, it can be a recent development where that he doesn't he still hear, doesn't want the, to kill people. I mean, hear the fact that we have all that speculation. We don't know. Right. Like, do you notice that you can't I, tell me what the state of mind I understand of is? CJ. I understand what you're saying. I do. But I also understand what my dad is saying in, in the fact that. This is a different Batman that you've never seen before, and he he, but he still is the Batman character to the to a core to at the core, and right, and he, but- if if that that scene and that name brings him out of that darkness just in that yes. one moment, well then that's great. That, I, I wanted and- to here no the point I want to make is I want that moment to mean more. It didn't mean as much as it should have. It, it didn't. It needs to be more. It, it's comical. You laugh. Everyone in the theater I was in laughed. No one felt it taken seriously because it was a joke because he's already done so much that why does this have to happen? It doesn't make sense. So, so, so let me, let me just, let me just hit these points again and make, make sure I, I get them across too. Cause I, I rambled a bit and, and I want to make sure it's fine. So, yes, points for the X-ray vision. Absolutely right. It's perfectly fine. Uh, I agree that Martha needs to be a great plot point to make the moment where her name means something. I think you should be a smart, artsy person and doing it a different way. I'm tired of seeing overplayed the same way over and over again. I think it would be cool. I gave a suggestion as to how you could do it and still have the same impact to pull uh, to pull 
Bruce Wayne out of the moment before he strikes Superman to death. Uh, I think it would have been better to show it in, in, in a better way. Um, I feel the body count with Batman is way too high, and th- therefore that moment just doesn't have the same strength it's as it like, should. It's like 10. I think it's way too high, and it, and, and it, it should just mean more better. I hated um, um, Doomsday, but you're absolutely right. It was very true to the fight of the comics and the way that everything has to go down. So, yeah, the the death of Superman stuff in there, really strong. It was good. It was very strong to the source material. I just think Doomsday was a, a big letdown for me. Um, it didn't make much more sense. Oh, okay. All right. I, I mean, all in all, uh, my my dad has restored my faith in this movie. I'm probably going to have to see it again, um, but probably after Civil War. Anyway. I remain firmly unchanged and hate this movie to my core. I would not hate it. <laughs> But I, I mean, I li- listen, this, listen, I put this into the movies of, again, I'm still worried about Suicide Squad. So, uh, yeah, please, let's not you don't talk have about to worry that. about Suicide Squad. You yes, hard I pass. Do. Yeah, on Suicide yeah, you're not. No, I have to worry about it because it's part of this universe that DC is doing and we've and Batman's going to be in it. And again, if I've got issues with Batman and you, this is another movie we're trying to establish in some more, you know, what I mean, I've even got problems from, with the future movies folks, coming down the pipeline. Even I mean. All, everything that I've is that I've Batman read. is good in that movie. Yeah, and that's the one thing I've read, and that's the right. one thing that I said that I enjoyed I, Batman in that movie. I enjoyed it too. My question is for the long term. I'm I'm worried. You're I'm allowed to be worried about him. You're making too many speculations. Well, I was right about the other one, so I feel good about those speculations. Much agreed. So thank you, Papa Thornton, for your phone calls. I'm sorry again that my mind hasn't been changed, but you're absolutely right on a few points, and you have made me feel better about that. And again, you have my utmost apologies for the amount of F-bombs that were dropped. I will do my best to contain myself in the future. Uh, That seems to be the show for this week. Gentlemen, anything else that you uh, need to add on to it? Yep, for sure. Oh, right. I'm completely incorrect. Uh, Obviously, you know, with with the passing of Prince uh, yesterday, uh, Thursday, Thursday, the the twenty first, right? We have a, a a giant, another another giant in uh, Americana, our culture, our entertainment, our music, our movies uh, has passed, and and I will say that from we've talked before about my parents didn't really censor me re- regarding entertainment when I was a kid, and and in this case. Uh, not like in the case of The Exorcist, but in this case, I am eternally thankful. I, I saw Purple Rain uh, when I was five, I think. Uh, it came out in 84. I saw it when it hit HBO. And um, I fell in love with the movie then. I didn't obviously didn't understand all of the adult themes. But I fell in love with Prince's music when I was a child. And that music has been a... Uh, it's been a, a solace and a comfort and a, and a motivate. I mean, any, you, you can't, I don't think you can put a label on the kind of music he made, whether it was rock or funk or pop, or I, I don't think he was the kind of artist that you can do that. But I, I can say that the things that I've seen uh, in the past 24 hours, just reaffirm for me, how big an influence Prince was in our culture and our music. And, you know, when you, when, one of the things that I think about is the 2004, I think it was a rock and roll hall of fame induction when, when he, they, they played as my guitar gently weeps. He had George Harrison's kid and Tom Petty singing and others. Um, and Prince came out and he played the Clapton solo guitar and Clapton was the only 
non-Beatle ever to record on a track, and he absolutely murdered it. I mean, just one of the best musicians overall that we've ever seen, and a huge loss to that industry uh, that, that, that his music, that he won't create anything anymore is, is a loss. But I think that I can say for everyone, I look forward to the memorial and, and what, what that brings. And my children, my children know Prince's music and they know the purple rain soundtrack. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things that, hit very close to home and it's not, you know, I don't know the guy, so I'm not particularly broken up from a, a personal grieving standpoint, but it, it had such an effect on me as a young child and growing up that I absolutely feel broken up about it in, in that way, that that piece is now somehow closed forever. So I, I want to make sure that we acknowledge it as a, Music is such a big part of what we've talked about and, and my nerd culture, my nerd life, that this was this had a big effect on me. And, and I know that I will always remember how the music made me feel. And there's also hope, too, because there's also hundreds of songs, apparently, that have not been released that Prince recorded uh, that may also see the light of day, Josh. So the good news is that his music, uh, new music, actually, may come out and, and live on. And um, they said it's better than some of the... Uh, the, the stuff that's happened when this has happened in the, the, with other artists. So I have some hope that we may also not hear the last of his voice. His music may actually reach some more people than it has uh, with just you know, the fact that he had passed away. So the other thing I did want to also bring up too uh, that happened on Tuesday was Doris Roberts, uh, which you may know as the mom from Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, also passed away. She was 90. Um, she has an amazing body of work as well, as, and most of it, too, also being theater-related. The grandma from Grandma's Boy. Yeah, that's, yes. that's immediately what I thought of. Uh, okay, fine. Um, uh, she passed away and, at the age of Raymond. 90, and um, her body of work is phenomenal as well and, and will also um, kind of inspire some other uh, generations of actors. So I also did want to mention uh, Dora Roberts, Doris Roberts, I apologize, uh, passing away this week as well. Now, on that note, though, I do want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to this show, for calling in and leaving their thoughts. And again, we encourage you to do that. And as you can see, we don't berate and beat you for doing so. We actually encourage you to have that conversation. So there's a couple ways that you can do that. First things first, you can always get at us at Twitter at that kind of nerd on Facebook, facebook.com slash that kind of nerd. We also put our personal uh, Twitter links in the show notes, uh, except for Brian. You can always reach Josh and I because Brian doesn't know how to social media at all, uh, but he's there. So you can say hi to him. You can also do what Papa Thornton has done today and call our phone number, which is 484-373-4119. As a side note for the callers, because this is the second person who's noticed this issue, it's about three minutes and then it cuts you off. So if your, your spiel is longer than that, prepare for two. Um, uh, so that way you can do it. So 484-373-4119 on Twitter and on Facebook. Also on Instagram at We Are That Kind of Nerd. Uh, more for that as, as it kind of comes up. Thank you so much, guys, for making us your walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work. And thank you so much for listening to That Kind of Nerds podcast. Uh, I need a minute. There's a bee in here. Is it a bee or a wasp? I don't know yet. Either way, burn your house down. 
Well, CJ's dead, so we should continue with the show. <laughs> a wasp has killed CJ. Nope. That sounded like a killing blow. Killing blow. Ah! Nope. Nope. No, it's, it's coming back. <laughs> now he's getting yelled at. Yep. <laughs> 